Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm Stephen Inman, and I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Chris Brito. It's Overreaction Monday, and the Knicks have given us plenty to overreact to following a brutal blowout loss to the Sacramento Kings on Sunday night. Chris, before we get to all this terribleness, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy, but the Knicks aren't, and it's becoming really clear to me this season that the Knicks aren't going to go anywhere. Uh, especially without a point guard and especially at the fact that, you know, we're not developing the second or maybe the first most important player on the team, which is Mitchell Robinson. Um, we're providing way too much leeway for Julius Randle right now. And, and Mitch is on the bench. He got, uh, we started Bobby Portis over him yesterday. Um, what are the Knicks doing, Steve? Well, it starts I mean, I have two problems. One is what happened yesterday, which was Sunday. They get blown out by the Kings. The Kings are in disarray, Chris. They lose Bagley. They're having a plus-minus on the season of minus 19. So that means they're getting blown out by 19 points every game. And they come they come cross-country to New York, and they blow out the Knicks on their home floor. So if you can't beat them, who are you going to beat? Uh, probably the Warriors, and that's about it. Um, it's just, it's becoming real clear to me that they can't really, they don't really have an offense, and the only offense they have is, seems to be pass it to Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris goes for a, a, a mid, um, a, a, you know, a, a, a bad jumper, and then Julius Randle, you know, missing off the rim or turning it over. So obviously whatever they're doing now is not working. They need to find more minutes for Mitchell Robinson. I think that's imperative if they want to be a, an okay team moving forward. Let's talk um, about let's talk about Randall for a minute, Chris. He's averaging under he's shooting under forty two percent, and he's averaging close to two shots less than he did in New Orleans last season. So he has not been the go to guy on offense that we kind of thought he would be so far. And how can they get him in the right spots to, to succeed? Um, good thing they're paying Coach Fizzle all that money because I think only he has the answer to that right now, and that's not even that clear. Um, to be honest with Julius Randle, has to be more about, you know, getting him the right personnel around him, right? Right, Like getting him more shooters, but the Knicks have no shooters. Um, there's just not a good enough cast right now, and it's like it's the same problem that we predicted would happen. There's a logjam at the forward position, and it's showing. Um, that seems so obvious to us over the summer. Why didn't it seem obvious to them? I mean, there's a whole host of issues. I mean, it was clear that we didn't have a point guard, and I think that might be the bigger issue here with the team and, and look where we are. Um, and frankly, I don't see it getting much better. We're not, we're not facing any, we're not facing the Warriors anytime soon. And we should have won this game against the Kings, and that didn't even happen. So, it's concerning. And I think if if Fizz doesn't turn it around this season or shows some sign of improvement, he's gone. He's the first one out the window. Yeah, but Chris David Fizdale didn't go over in the summer and sign four power forwards to big money. He didn't I, say we don't need a point guard. You know, he's doing the best he can with a roster of 13 okay players who all deserve to play. They don't have a point guard. They have too many guys who are the same kind of player. 
Like this is not his fault. I don't know if he's a good coach, but I also don't know if he's a bad coach. I don't think you can really blame him for anything except for the defensive effort because you know Listen. what? Their, their defense has been atrocious, Chris. Atrocious. Listen, um, Steve, you know what? I, I, I see what you're saying, but the easiest fix is always getting rid of the coach first. I mean, we've seen it with the Knicks in the last five, six seasons. They probably have that many amount of coaches in, in that amount of time. So we know, but how does that solve this problem? It doesn't solve the problem. It's just, it's just a way to get the fan base to shut up. <laughs> That's the only problem it solves. But this fan base um, is too smart to know that this is Fiz, to pin this on Fizdale. It's they're too smart. You know what? I'll give them credit for that too. I'm just saying that's what I can see happening. Um, and we know that these, the, the issue with the forwards is, is not going to get better anytime soon. The only the only thing I can think of is the reason why they're trying to boost their value, but it's just not working out. Uh, well, Marcus, Marcus, for me, Marcus Moore has, has probably been the worst signing of them all. Um. I'd put Julius Randle right, like, number two. I mean, Julius Randle's been bad, Chris. He's been very, very bad. But I don't think he'll shoot 41% from the floor the whole year. You know, so they're going to get better. But but think about it, Steve. What's going to change, right? Like, he wants to be the the featured player on offense. He's always going to get double teamed or crowded down in the middle. And he has no one to pass it to. Who's he going to pass it to? Frankie Okina? Your boy? He's gonna pat. He's gonna pass the ball to Marcus Morris. He can pass the ball to R.J. Barrett. Bobby Portis is giving him good minutes. You know, it's not hopeless here. They're not a playoff team, obviously, but it's not hopeless. They just need to get him in a position where, you know, instead of getting doubled and trying to force a terrible shot, he can either kick it out to to eventually when they stop doubling him. You know, there's that's a huge issue. The other issue is R.J. Barrett shooting forty seven point six percent from the free throw line. And this is a problem of his that, But that's not really why the Knicks are losing. If anything, RJ is giving them a boost that they didn't even expect at the beginning of the season. Yes, for sure. For sure. Randall has been to me the biggest problem on this offense. And defensively, they the whole team as a group has just not given the team enough. And, and you've seen what? it. Even the games they fight back in, they're always down 15, 20 points in every game. They were down 15, 20 and came back in San Antonio. They were down big in Orlando. They came back and won against the Bulls. You saw yesterday they were down 20. Like, Fizdale deserves, you know, to be blamed for them not being ready to start games because it's very clear. You know, you've seen them at down ha- at halftime or after a quarter double digits in basically every game they've played, and they've come back to cut leads, to come back and take the lead, and, you know, they just run out of gas. But the bottom line is they're just not – they don't look ready to start games. They don't, and they have one of the worst and one of the worst first quarter offenses in the NBA. And it's very clear to me that part of that reason is just that they don't know what their offense is, and it doesn't seem clear to me that that there's there's no clear strategy there with the offense. It's just like pass it around. Marcus Morris shoots an ISO shot. You know, let's throw it into RJ Barrett. See if he makes it in. I mean, that's just what I've seen in the first few weeks. I mean, first two, two, three weeks of the, of the NBA season. Um, the only thing that could make things better is maybe putting in Mitch. That's, why don't we put Mitch as the starting center and then Julius Randle be the bet, the first man off the bench as a sixth man? 
Because Randall, Randall, you pay to be a go-to guy. He's making over twenty million a year. It's gonna be disaster. I see what you're saying, but maybe that's where Julius Randall he flourished. He flourished in that role last year with the Pelicans as a as the backup big, and it it worked out tremendously for him. His efficiency was off through the roof, and maybe he needs to face players like that for him to really be a, a successful part of the of the team. You know, at the end of the game, he could finish the games. But, you know, maybe for this offense moving forward, we need players that just are different. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But at the end of the day, um, I don't see them doing that anytime soon. I don't – I'm not against it. You know, at one and six, you could try anything. Really? It hasn't, it hasn't been working out. And we've seen that with, with putting at least Mitchell Robbins in it, you know – Barring any foul trouble, he he's a spark plug at least at the very least on the offense and and defensively we know what he can do. Yeah, you know, all right, you, know, you sold me on this one, buddy. You you did. I'm 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 on board. Let's let's make it a uh, Julius Randall off the bench, six man of the year. How about that? All right, I'll take it. You sold, you sold me. You don't do that too often on this show because I'm usually oh my pretty. God. I'm usually pretty stubborn and stuck up in my ways, but uh, this one you sold me on. So let, let's move on to Overreaction Monday. It's a new segment we'll be doing every Monday called Overreaction Monday. Chris and I will read statements and say whether or not this is an overreaction. So we'll start with a couple of Knicks ones, and then we'll go around the NBA. So here's a topic that's been going around in the NBA, or around with the Knicks the last couple of days. The Knicks will hurt RJ Barrett's development by playing him too much. I think it's a uh, complete overreaction. Uh, he's he's a he's a teenager. He should be playing as much as he can. Um, you know, you hope that nothing happens, but you know, injuries are very unpredictable. As long as conditioning is right, he'll be okay. Um, so, I mean, there's really no huge take here. I think it's an overreaction. I'm a little concerned about his plus minus. He's like negative fifty. He's he has the most minutes in the NBA right now, but. You know, it's he's he has to get minutes to get better. So I'm not opposed. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, Chris, uh, I'm with you on this. I think it's an overreaction. Um, look, he's a young guy, and it, we're we're in November. If we're in February, and you know, you could see him laboring on the court. His minutes, his uh, numbers have diminished. Maybe then we'll say let's ease up. You know, but for now, you know, he seems like he's good to go. He's one of their better players. It's November. He's averaging over 18 a game on decent shooting. I would think until he shows serious fatigue, you keep this going. So I have no problem with it at all. Um, I'm not worried about his plus minus, Chris. Kind of like what we've been saying, he's playing almost the whole game. So, like, the plus minus, you know, that's just what the Knicks plus minus is. They're, they're losing these games, not him. Yeah. So I'm, not really too I'm, concerned I'm, about I'm just plus going minus. by, you know, I'm just like, talking to his overall efficiency, like what it what it shows, right? Like, you know, when Mitchell Robinson is in the game, he has one of the better efficiency ratings in the league. You know, that's not completely indicative of the team, right? Um, but, you know, you're right. It's like we can't overreact to that, to those numbers either. You know, we just talked about the most minutes and all that. Um, but as you said, as long as he doesn't show any fatigue, we'll be okay. Doesn't, as long as he doesn't get injured, we'll be okay. That's the that's the one he's the one saving grace this season. I think we can both agree on that. 
Uh, yeah, he's the one guy we're very optimistic about. Him and, you know, I'll, I'll put Kevin Knox in that category. I really liked what he's brought to the table so far. Agreed. All right, so next one, Chris. Marcus Morris was the Knicks' best free agent signing. Ha. Complete overreaction. I think he's been the worst. Um, I actually think Bobby Portis is the best one so far. Okay. Uh, I don't disagree. Portis has been very good. He had that, obviously, signature game against his former team. But I'm going to say no. I think this is, this is correct, Chris. He's averaging about 18 a game. His shooting has improved the last couple of games. He's around 42%. Uh, he's been a go-to guy on offense and defense, and you know they really need a veteran leader. Chris, uh, he's over five rebounds a game. You know, almost eighteen points. You know, his 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 three-point shooting has been fine. Um, I think he's actually like shooting like forty-eight percent from three right now, Chris. So I think he's been their best signing, and I think if you know they try to trade any of these vets at the deadline, I think the, their best chance to get a first-round pick is from him. Agreed. Um... So the bigger question here, are the Knicks currently the worst team in basketball? Uh, this one's tough, Chris. This one's tough because we all thought it was going to be the Hornets entering the season, but the Hornets have shown a lot. You know, P.J. Washington, you know, the kid Graham. They have, you know, a couple of other guys who have really stepped up. But I'm going to say yes. I think the Knicks are the worst team in the NBA right now. There's just nothing on on defense, you know. There, people are starting to turn on the coach, not not the players, but you know the fans. You know they're they played a pretty relatively easy schedule, and they just haven't shown much. You know they play the Bulls, they play the Kings, they play Detroit now. They have the Cavs this week. I think Chris, they they really got to step it up because you know what? All of a sudden, that Cavalier game next week that might end up being the battle for the toilet. <laughs> Do you think that'll be their second win of the season? Are they home or road for that? Uh, I can check real quick. Because, um, like, the Cavs are still getting – they're getting a lot – they're getting a career year so far. Again, very early. They're getting a career year out of Tristan Thompson. Kevin Love looks back. Sexton looks at least as good as he did last year. And I think Darius Garland is going to step up as the year goes on. He's a little raw right now. but uh, they're, playing in, they're playing in New York, by the way. They're in New York. Okay, I'm going to say the Knicks are worse because I think the Cavs just have a couple more pieces that you want to have on your team. You know, Love, Thompson, Sexton. I mean, like, other than, you know, Barrett and Knox, who are guys that, like, you really want to build around here? So I'm going to say I'm going to say the Knicks are the worst team in the NBA right now. Uh, I'm going to go with the Warriors only because oh, I, don't, wow. I don't see them – you know, the Knicks are pretty bad, but I feel like they can sneak a few games here and there. There's just not – there's just no talent on the Warriors, and they're in the Western Conference. What about Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell? I don't think – well, right now, those guys are both injured. I mean, those are – they're day-to-day injuries, though. They'll be, they'll be back this week or next week, depending on how the tank goes. But, Chris, no. They, they have two all-stars on that team right now. Ah. I don't know, man. All right, fine. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. I, one. I, I think those other I guys, those guys like Pascal. Sorry, I was, sorry. I was under the impression that Draymond and and D'Lo were out for a little while longer. But now that I know about their injuries, you know, I'd probably put the Knicks up there also as the worst team in the NBA. The worst team in the NBA, Chris. I didn't see this coming. 
And remember, remember when when we were doing the over unders, we both picked over. Wow, how did we regret that? The Bucks on it, so I had something to look forward to this year. Instead, now we're looking forward to college basketball tomorrow, hoping one of these kids becomes a Nick next year. I know, I know. Um, okay, so moving on to another bad team, the Chicago Bulls will not make the playoffs. Yeah, Chris, I don't really get the hype going into the season about them. Their defense is Knicks-like. You know, Levine is not taking a step forward. Markin is one of those guys who his stroke looks so good, but it's just he's not – he doesn't put up the numbers, Chris. So I don't really see him as a go-to guy right now. And I don't really see what else is there. Otto Porter's had a down start to the year. You know, he's been battling injury and minutes. And I just – I don't see this as a very special group. You know what? They're they're a funny group because they have a lot of great pieces, but those are like complementary pieces and otherwise good playoff team probably. Like Zach Levine could be a good good sixth man off the bench for a good team. You know, Otto Porter also. Um, but they're not really great as a as a unit. Um, I don't know what they're trying to do in, over there in Chicago. Yeah, Chris, I think a lot of it goes down to coaching. You know, they have not exactly seen eye to eye with this coach over the last couple of years, you know, year, about a year, a year now, you know, when they almost had the mutiny last year. And I, it seemed like they didn't need a star. Like, you know, they need a guy, like a, a Kawhi Leonard who can be the anchor on defense and allow these other scorers to do their thing. But right now, Chris, they just don't have enough talent and they certainly don't have enough guys willing to play defense. Um, have you have you seen any of the games? Have you seen your boy Kobe White play or no? I have. He's been up and down. His first two games were great, and the last couple games have been meh. Uh, okay. Maybe Frank French Frank on his head because you know after that one he's had a couple of downers. Wow. Um, okay, so this was an interesting one. You said that Mike D'Antoni will not be coaching the Rockets next season. Yeah, I, I think this is going to happen, Chris. Uh, you've seen, you know, they've had disputes over his contract the last couple of months, and, you know, he didn't wind up getting that contract extension. And then basically uh, this week they gave up 158 points to the to the Wizards. The Wizards, Chris. And yeah, then they also won. Go ahead. I think the Wizards are better than you give them credit for. I don't think they're the – they're not as bad as the Knicks or the Bulls. I think they're – But, Chris, we're talking about a buck fifty-eight. That's a, I know that's a lot of but they have in a regular and non overtime game. They at least have Bradley Beal though. Yeah, but Bradley Beal didn't put up a hundred. That's true. Um, you know, I'm just saying this this defense has been Swiss cheese for years now. You know, they were really bad last year, and you know, Russell Westbrook gives them a new way to attack on offense and gives them different looks. But I don't think they're really better than they were last year. And because of that, I think they're going to try to make a change. And as you said, the first thing when people are underachieving, they do is they look towards the coach. And he's a lame duck coach on the last year of his deal. I think it makes a lot of sense that they'd go in that direction because they can't really change the roster that much. No, they're pretty much stuck with who they have. But I think if they make a deep playoff run, this is a different conversation. Sure, but I don't see that happening right now. You saw them against the Heat the other day. They were down 43 to 14. Yikes. Um. Yeah, they're gonna have to figure it out soon. But you know, it's also early for them. You know, uh, they also went through a similar slump last year. Um, I think they were 
under 500 for 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 the good part of the first part of the season, and they figure it out. So I see that too. You know, they have think they that's- have. What's the hardest thing to find on a team? Talent, and they have all of that. So I know they'll pull it together. Um, that's uh, very well. Um, the Sixers are the best team in the NBA. They are undefeated at the moment. This is a Monday night. Um, I think it's not an overreaction. Okay, I, I do think it's an overreaction, Chris. I think the Clippers are still probably the best team in the NBA. I think the Bucs are going to give the Sixers all they can handle this year. You know, they've gotten off to a slow start with, you know, Bledsoe really not being the player he was at this time last year. They're still trying to figure out what to do with Brogdon's minutes, that with losing him. And again, the Sixers to me are pretty much what they were last year. And unless Simmons learns how to shoot or they can find a shooter to replace J.J. Redick, I don't think they're winning the East. I I I think otherwise. I think they're going to beat the Bucks just because they match up so well against the Bucks. Um, but that's a conversation we'll have down the line. They match up really well. They they that's why they they basically got Al Horford because of his defense with Giannis. So that's an interesting thing to look forward to in the future. But um, I think they're the best team in the NBA. Um, I you know I thought. I thought their the little brawl they had last week was kind of insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in recent years. Um, any particular comment about you know the two game suspension, or, or you're good with that? You thought it was fair. I kind of thought it was. I thought it was crazy that Simmons didn't get anything because basically Simmons got Towns in a chokehold. Yeah, and the Sixers come out and say, "Hey, he is." A peacemaker here. He was holding him back, blah, blah, blah. And the NBA was kind of like, all right, we'll take your word for it. No fine, nothing for Simmons. And I thought he was almost as responsible as the other two. So I found that kind of strange. But um, it's also, you know, you usually see with fights five to ten games. These guys got a couple each. So I felt like the NBA was very, very easy on this, on them. They were too – I thought I thought they were too lenient on it. Like if there was at one point where Embiid put his – he put his finger almost in 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 uh, Carl Anthony Towns' eye. I mean, had had he poked him, <laughs> you know, what does that mean? Um, but you know what, the NBA two games, you know, it's still. I don't know. I I I thought it should have been at least five to ten. Also, um, and I thought it was interesting that they factored in their comments after the game in part of the suspension. So it only leads me to believe that they would have probably only gotten one game if it wasn't for that. Yeah, it's very interesting, Chris. Uh, Now here's one last one that you brought up. The Warriors should trade D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green. Uh, I don't think it's an overreaction. Okay, you want to tell me why? Yeah, because... I just think about the assets that they could possibly get for those players. You know, as you you've said this before about Draymond, you know, he's he's great defensively and he's he can provide you some offense. But, you know, he's on he's getting a little older, you know, and I think if they if they can grab some players and some assets that they could later turn around for more things, it wouldn't be the worst idea. And they need to shed some more room players that they possibly want to get later on 
Um, and for D'Angelo, I think he's the most attractive asset that they have. You know, they could probably turn him over for something big also. Um, but I definitely see one of the two players being traded at some point, you know, and I feel like the Knicks should also be suitors for D'Angelo too. But that's a conversation for yeah. the other day, but that's what I think. I, I totally think this is an overreaction. I think, you know, Curry will be back next year. Clay will be back next year. Probably both of them at 100%. You have those two guys, Draymond and D'Angelo, around long-term plus a potential top five pick in next year's draft. You can make the case that this would be a title favorite. And you want to th- you want to throw it away because of one down year. And look, the way their cap is structured is – they could let's say they trade D'Angelo Russell for nothing. Okay, they trade him to the Knicks for picks. They do not get salary back to go out and spend in free agency. They're still going to be over the cap with three max guys. Oh god! So yeah. you're basically trading. You don't want to trade him unless you're trading him for another similar salary and a guy who fits the team better. So if you could find that guy, some wing who could defend, I'm all for it. But I'm not sure that guy is out there right now. So I would keep D'Angelo because I think you want to just accumulate as much talent as you can. You trust Steve Kerr to make it work. So I think that the, the Splash Brothers plus Draymond, D'Angelo, and a top pick next year is an, is enough. And you got to hope that about- spending all this time with Pascal and Jordan Poole mm-hmm. and Collie Stein and some of these guys can become the seventh, eighth, ninth guy on the next good Warrior team. And you're giving them 30, 35 minutes a game now to figure out if they can handle 15 minutes a night on a good team. Okay, real quickly, what about a team like Orlando for D'Angelo? You know, they could maybe send – Okay, like, what, are you, what are you getting? You would get maybe Aaron Gordon, maybe one of their other forwards that are pretty big, and maybe a pick. What do you think about that? Okay, if you could get all that for D'Angelo Russell, I would definitely explore that. I don't think Orlando would consider that. Aaron Gordon's kind of the heart and soul of that team, and I they might do it straight up. I don't think they would do it with all that other stuff in there. Yeah, I, but the only reason I bring it up is you can him. Yeah, no, I was just saying that you know he makes a ton of sense there, and you know Orlando was one of the teams that were interested in him as a free agent. I just thought it was an idea to put out there. Um, but, um, I guess, well, you know, we're going to monitor this as the season comes along. Uh, let's head over to final thoughts. And I know you're real happy about this. I think you have him one of your fantasy teams, uh, but Trey Young will be back from his injury this week. Yeah, I actually don't have him on any of my teams, but I really love Trey Young. He's one of my favorite guys in the NBA, Steph Curry light, who's now becoming, you know, what Steph Curry was to start his career. So it's, it's really fun to see him play. He's really one of the better players in this modern NBA, just jacking up long-range threes, and I'm really excited to see him back, hopefully Thursday. Yeah, and uh, let's let's go back to the Warriors for a second. And We kind of touched upon it when we talked about the Warriors a few, a few minutes ago. Um, they put out a team of basically what sounded like a team of G-leaguers. Um, you know, there were hundreds of meetings the other night about how, you know, how far they've fallen. Um, is there – do you have any take on that? Like how far they've fallen, right? They they were so dominant for years, and now for them to be in this place is like kind of like unfamiliar really. Yeah, Chris, it, you know, they were overdue for a rash of injuries like this. It started in the finals 
when Durant and Clay went down and now Curry is down and Draymond has been down battling injuries. But look, I think they're going to come back stronger from this next year. And again, you're kind of hoping this group of, I wouldn't call them G-leaguers. I think there's still some serious talent on this team. Um, not talent to make the playoffs, but talent that can help them win games next year yeah, like, in lesser rules. Yeah, like who, for example? I really like Pascal. I think Jordan Poole's a guy who can contribute. I think if those are your eighth and ninth guys, you know, off the bench, you know, next year, that's not bad. And again, things could be a whole lot worse because if they went down the Nick route and didn't protect this draft pick they traded to Brooklyn for Russell, this would be a disaster right now. Can you imagine if that – so basically what I'm saying is the Warriors pick this year is top 20 protected. So it seems very likely they will finish within the top 20. They are not making the playoffs. So if they did not protect it like the Knicks would do with all their picks, you know, the last two decades, we'd be talking about Brooklyn potentially with the number one pick. Wow, that's crazy. And Durant. Right. Oh. So good, good job by Bob Myers and, and Joe Lacob and this Warrior front office for doing that. And all teams always protect your draft picks. <laughs> I guess that's what a good organization looks like. Yes. Um, so a few games that will be on my radar this week as part of my final thoughts will be uh, Miami against the Nuggets and uh, Sixers at Nuggets. Um, but – I know we both mentioned this earlier, um, well, at least before before the podcast. Um, the Knicks actually play the Mavericks in Dallas this week, so it'll be an interesting, um, you know, way to compare how how both te- both franchises have gone like since the KP trade has happened. Yeah, Chris, that's Friday night in Dallas, so we will preview that one on our next show. And, you know, Porzingis is playing unbelievable. Luke is playing really well with him. Chris, I would not be surprised if they became a top title contender out west in the next couple of years, and it's all because of the New York Knicks and smart drafting, obviously. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, all right, guys, thank you for listening. Please uh, follow us on Twitter and and add us on Facebook. Um, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, any comments or con- or or reactions, please let us know. Um, and that'll be all for today. Take care, guys.